this is Andy. Welcome to the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation podcast. Our goal of the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation is to support those diagnosed with nephrotic syndrome, their families, and the ongoing search for a cure. Our goal in this podcast is to introduce you to some of the inspirational people in this journey, spread awareness about nephrotic syndrome, and help those in the trenches by connecting them to each other and allowing you to share in their experiences, even get tips and information. Please keep in mind, we are not doctors and none of the information provided in this podcast or related sources should be looked at as medical advice or guidance of any sort. We're simply sharing stories, all of which are simply stories. Consult your doctor before making any decisions that may affect your health or that of your child. That being said, we absolutely love this format and we hope you do too. In this episode, Jeremy and I reflect on our first season hosting a podcast. We look back on the incredible people we talked with and what stood out most to us in those conversations. We share a bit of the behind the scenes work involved in getting this first season off the ground. And we talk about what we're most excited for going forward and where we plan to go in season two. We have loved every minute of this journey with our listeners, and we loved taking a moment to reflect on it. We hope you enjoy this little inside look, reflection, and sneak peek of season two. So with that, here we go. Hey, Andy. Hey, Jeremy. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. We are on the season one season finale. We did it. We made it. I know. It feels like we've been doing this forever in some ways. And then in some ways, it just still feels so new. Yeah. In some ways, I'm still messing with all of my audio settings like yeah. every <laughs> single time. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been, I think maybe it feels like we've been doing this for so long because we have been doing this for so long. We just haven't yeah. been doing it on a podcast, but we've been talking about other people's stories and sharing our story. And now we do it in, in this format. Yeah. And so it's been so exciting. What, what an exciting first season. And today we're going to be just going through and reviewing the season, what we really enjoyed and had fun doing and talking to people and what we're excited about coming up. So when we first started our first episode, how did you expect the season to go? And did it go pretty close to how you expected it? Yeah. I loved our first episode. I know our first episode was just you and me talking about starting a podcast yep. and we got really good feedback on that. And then I think our second episode was me sharing our story and Wilson's story. Yeah. And I think that was really powerful for a lot of the people who have been part of our journey for a really long time. I had a lot of people who are not part of our nephrotic syndrome community tell me that they listened to it and just cried the whole time. And, you know, good friends of mine, friends who just know our story, but haven't necessarily heard it start to finish because nobody sits down to tell someone a story for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think looking back, that's kind of the epitome of why we're doing this is because I would never speak about my story to somebody individually for 45 minutes. Yeah. And yet I could tell it and they could listen if they wanted to and not if they didn't. And so I think it has really hit the mark in that spot. And we've also received really positive feedback from other parents who are going through this journey, just saying the same thing that they related so much hearing someone else who is going through it 
Yeah, I think that was so powerful for me because when we first started doing it and we recorded the first couple of episodes and we hadn't really released it, you know, we hadn't really gotten any feedback yet. And, and yeah. so hearing that and, you know, I think we had almost a thousand people download this. And, and so just sharing wow. that was so incredible and hearing all that feedback. But I had a similar situation, but it was with my family listening to it. And, you know, just every once in a while, throwing little pieces of my story in there. And my mom was actually listening to Jasmine's episode. And that was the episode where we talked about the transplant a little bit yeah. more. And my mom was like, it was so crazy to think about it. It doesn't even seem real. And my family, we don't have 45 minute long conversations about our story or our situation or, or what had happened. And so this season has been a pretty cool way to recap that yeah. for my family and for everybody who's listened to it and who's been along that journey the entire time but also for some of the newer people in my life to hear yeah. all these stories and so I think that's been one of the really cool parts of the podcast so far for me yeah yeah so just to step back for a minute for this little episode with our listeners we kind of like you said Jeremy we just wanted to recap take a minute to check in with everyone who's been following us, see how things have gone and give people a flavor for what's coming next. Yeah. But one question I had for you, Jeremy, is I remember when we first started doing this, how hard it was, how draining. I mean, it's still hard. Don't get me wrong. Every time yeah. we do a podcast, even though it's very comfortable, it it's just like doing a presentation you're on the whole time. Yeah. So, but I remember after the first few, I know for you in particular, just bringing up a lot of these old memories and going through them, talking about them was really hard. Do you think that that's gotten easier for you as we've done this? Or is it just that we have not focused as much on your story? And so that makes it a little bit more manageable. That is such a good question. I think it's a number of things. I think we released our first episode in January. And throughout that entire time, I had been doing EMDR, mm -hmm. which is working really on healing some of the trauma from the illness. And so I think that's helped and learning those coping skills has helped, but definitely talking about it. And as hard as it was at the beginning, it's gotten a lot easier. It has definitely gotten a lot easier to talk about it, but it's been a little bit of a perspective shift for me of just being in the community and how exciting it is to share the stories and to hear everybody talking about their stories and how much I can relate to that is something I've looked for throughout this entire time of having the illness. And so it's gotten to be quite a lot of fun. It, it, it really has, even though we're talking about really heavy content, yeah, I would walk away from it and be like, whoa, that was a, a heavy thing to talk about. But man, to be able to share that with people and to connect with people, you know, was really powerful for me. And so the first few episodes were definitely really hard, but as we got more comfortable with it, it actually became uh, a part of my healing journey. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really important thing to highlight, I think. And I certainly feel that way myself, which is the more that we bring this into the light, there's so much good around what we're doing, not because we're doing it, but there's just a lot of good in community. And I get so much inspiration and energy from the people that I talk to. And I know that it goes both ways. It's helpful for me to sort of talk about some of this stuff from time to time. And definitely it's helpful for me to hear other people going through it and to get some of the energy from their strength and take tidbits away from the tools they use to manage their 
life. I learn something every time we have a guest on about just attitude or even actual little nuggets as to how to manage this disease through daily life. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I remember, I think we had a shared energy after Cynthia's episode, because that episode, it was our first interview where we walked away from it. And we were like, oh my goodness, how exciting, how thrilling, how much fun was that? And walking away from it with that perspective of where Cynthia was in her journey and to hear that was so empowering. Yeah, that was a fun one because she's obviously in remission and has been for a really long time. And I love sharing everyone's stories. And I think there's so much strength in the people who are not in remission and are still doing great. You know, that's just as powerful, but it's really nice to share every once in a while a story of somebody who is in remission and how they made it to that spot and just that story. It's nice to mix that into everything because I feel like in this space, you know, whether you're on a Facebook group or you're talking to another parent, a lot of times what ends up happening is the people who are still active in the community are the people who are still struggling. And so it's really nice to bring in that element of hope and positivity that comes with people who have sort of traveled this path and made it out the other side and they're still here. And so I loved that episode. I loved bringing Cynthia back. And of course, she's just a powerhouse. (laughs) She absolutely (laughs) absolutely is. And on the other side of that, I was blown away by Michaela's story. Yeah. She had so recently been diagnosed and through COVID and with all of that, and just the optimism that came with it from the very beginning. I know, I know. And you talk about, there are a lot of people who are struggling and we all have days where we're struggling. And I know Michaela has too, but it felt like when I I was talking to her, there was just such a maturity about it. And so all of our episodes were incredible. And those moments and that light and that energy that came with it, it was so exciting. It was one of my favorite parts of, of the season. I agree. I loved everybody's episode, every single one from Natalie to Jasmine and everybody along the way. And I was just thinking a little bit also about Nikki's episode. And I was just going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on that? We plan to have Ryan and Nikki back to back. That was our plan, but we didn't plan on having Nikki talk about functional medicine right after Ryan. And that was such a crazy connection and all of the insights that Nikki had into it and all of the cool little tricks that she has. I thought that was such a fun part of the season. That was so much fun to include those two. Yeah. And I think for those people who don't remember these episodes, like we do, <laughs> Nikki, <laughs> Nikki, we kind of remember them, like what we had for breakfast this morning, but Nikki's episode. So Nikki is 23, I believe. And she was diagnosed as an adult just in her last year of college, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has a really challenging diagnosis somewhere between minimal change and FSGS. She said they aren't really sure things aren't perfectly clear. So yeah. she's been taking it upon herself to really educate herself and form a team of practitioners around her nephrology team. She's got a life coach. She's got a functional medicine doctor who helps her. And she does a lot with nutrition. And um, so anyway, having her on her episode, I felt like was just packed with little nuggets. And 
I feel a real alignment with her because of the way that she approaches everything and, you know, the way that she takes responsibility for her blood work and has found a a doctor and a provider who will run any tests that she wants. And the way that she's really gathered these professionals around her, I thought that that was a really valuable episode. I know I could have used that early on in our journey as we were kind of trying to do the same thing. I just, I think she's just a gift. Well, and I thought that was such an inspirational idea to really go searching for the things you need, recognize that you need those things, and then pull that entire team together between her family, but also all of these other doctors and coaches and to really try to create the life that she wanted. I thought that was so impressive. I was really impressed by that. Yeah. But at the same time in reviewing everybody's episode they all found their own way to do that with yeah jasmine it was going into school and working through it that way and having to really change and develop her mentality around performing and how that helped with her diagnosis and with natalie it's not a no it's a how and so with everybody it was so cool to hear all of their different ways of trying to make this work. I thought that was so incredibly impressive. I know. I totally agree. I loved Natalie talking about how she handled things as a kid and her parents and how her friends played a role. And when she chose to talk about it, when she chose not to talk about it. And I loved you know, hearing how she approached college. It was cool to have her story sort of juxtaposed with Cynthia's because they're both the same age. They both were diagnosed at two. They both carried a tough journey in childhood and then have found such a fulfilling and positive young adult path doing amazing things. I mean, both of them just amazing things. So to me, they both are examples and shining examples of what it looks like to live life with this disease, whether you have it or you don't in the end, they both to me are just such good examples of that. And I loved hearing them both together in terms of their episodes and what it was like. Yeah. I thought that was another cool thing because they were both diagnosed in the same hospital, correct? I don't know if it was the exact same hospital where they were diagnosed, but I do know that they said that they were treated by the same pediatric nephrologist. That that was it. Yeah. And that they envisioned their moms, you know, they were like, I'm sure that our moms at some point were in the same waiting room feeling so alone with their little two-year-old girls having no way to really connect and find each other. Yeah. One of my favorite phrases that you have, Andy, is that if you've seen one case of nephrotic syndrome, you've seen one case of nephrotic syndrome. And I think that's such a great way to phrase that at the same time, you know, making these connections and just, you know, because I'm not going to say it's universal, but it is that feeling of being alone in this at times and really struggling to find connections and to be able to do that. And so it's such a powerful image that with the idea of both Natalie and Cynthia's moms were probably going through this situation, probably needed support, might've been sitting in the same hospital waiting room at the same time. And if we can find ways to connect with each other through that, 
it can be a really powerful connection. I think that's one of my favorite things about a podcast is hearing yeah. about people being able to connect to the stories and to the similarities and how helpful that has been yeah. has been really cool. And like I said, there have been so many different ways that everybody has kind of found a same way to get to this really positive place that it's kind of nice to know that there's at least we've shown that there are eight different formulas to make it through this, you know, and how, yeah, and how helpful yeah. that can be. Yeah. And one thing you just touched on is importance to me to go back to because it epitomizes the concept of the podcast, which is through this podcast, we can share all of these stories because it is true. And my nephrologist said that to me early on. If you've seen one case of nephrotic syndrome, you've seen one case. However, we can provide all of these stories and the people who are listening can pick and choose the one that relates to them the most. And so, you know, they might be able to see that Cynthia is in remission or that Jasmine was diagnosed at 18 or Michaela was diagnosed at 16 and has done maybe X, Y, and Z treatments. And so you can hear that and you can think to yourself, gosh, you know what? I might want to actually reach out to Michaela or, you yeah. know, she's treated at Boston children's hospital. Well, gosh, my daughter who's four is also seen at Boston children's hospital. And so I feel like the power in this is to be able to provide that information so people can pick and choose the connections that they want. And this goes back to a concept behind our whole foundation. And like when we started with backpacks of hope, yeah. that was the concept was because we, as a parent, you know, we were sitting there at UCSF wanting to be connected to another parent, but obviously HIPAA makes that complicated for a nephrologist to just provide information. And then the second piece is that because it's so different for everybody who faces this journey as a new mom with my six-year-old, he probably didn't want to connect me with like you, for example, had you been in the same practice, that would have been kind of an intimidating, I mean, obviously you're so um, yeah, you know, know what I mean? mean? I like you're you doing yeah, amazing, Yeah. but maybe as a new mom who is just facing the diagnosis, that would have been a more challenging person to connect me with. And so I feel like through that program, Backpacks of Hope, we basically, we take that burden from the provider and as a foundation, we absorb it. So we can just then bring those families into our community and offer them an array of people who might walk a similar path and they can pick and choose. And I feel like it's the same thing a lot and it's a little more in depth with the podcast. Yeah, it, it absolutely is more in depth in the podcast. And I want to take a second because we just had our day on the green, but before that we had our putting competition and being there, I realized something that was the most families with nephrotic syndrome that I have been around through my journey. Yeah, that I had ever been around that wasn't in a hospital setting and how cool that was for me, but also how crazy it was that it took me, you know, until this point in my journey to even be around that many other families and to be able to have those conversations and those connections. It was pretty crazy, but also it speaks to the foundation. I was so, so happy with that part of our event. And For those people who are listening, we just had our first ever day on the green golf tournament, which is our major fundraiser for 2021. And the evening before we hosted a family putting contest and we invited all the patient families to attend that, um, obviously for free, just like all of our events for patients. 
We also invited a few of our key sponsors and VIPs, and we had eight patient families attend. I thought that was impressive just because we're still in the tail end of COVID. So I wasn't sure how comfortable families would be, but obviously we have a lot of precautions in place. I feel like of all places, probably a pretty safe place to visit outside, very socially distant, but we had eight patient families attend. One family came from as far as San Luis Obispo, which is like a five and a half hour drive. I, I couldn't believe that was so incredible. It was so incredible. So those were the two stories to me that just stood out so much. I mean, one was the family who their daughter was diagnosed about two years ago, and they found us pretty early on and came to our big event game day in 2019. And they're just an amazing family. And so that was just an inspiration to me that they would travel five and a half hours to be at this event and connect with others. It was just an inspiration. It just makes you feel like, you know what, what we are doing and all the hard work that goes into it is worth it. So that was really energizing. And the other story, which just brought me so much hope was the family we met who lives right here in Danville, in our community and their son, he was diagnosed four years ago. And this whole time has been alone and they haven't found anybody else. And so they found our foundation through Alyssa, one of our volunteers who's had, I mean, this is a random story, right? But it's basically the, (laughs) it speaks to the power in it because basically Alyssa's husband works with one of the parents. And so the mom was just talking about her son's diagnosis and Alyssa's husband was like, wait, actually tell me more about that because we actually do a lot with nephrotic syndrome. And so, I mean, not only is it about connecting with that family directly that I feel so excited about just because they were so grateful and I'm so grateful. And, and to think that we have been living these similar lives for four years in the same community and have not found each other. That's one of the reasons this is such a challenging disease. But then the second reason it's inspiring to me is because I feel like the more people that we include, like Alyssa and her husband, Sean, who are out there, who have been educated, who know in and out what nephrotic syndrome is, that's what we're doing. That's spreading awareness. And that awareness just turned us on to another family that we can help. Yeah. And Real quick, before I get more into that, I want to give a shout out to Alyssa for all of the hard work that she did to putting Day on the Green together because it was a tremendous, tremendous amount of work and months and months and months of of work. And so I want to shout out to Alyssa. But Andy, I don't know if you heard the conversation I had with people talking about how the illness can sometimes present as invisible or very difficult to be like, oh, that's nephrotic syndrome. That's what nephrotic syndrome looks like. And I had a good long conversation about how it's really hard to see when somebody has nephrotic syndrome. And like, you know, I've had two kidney transplants. And the point that I made to these people that I was talking to at the event was that if I didn't say I had two kidney transplants, you would never know. You would never know. And it's the same thing with Wilson or most other kids. The little boy who was diagnosed four years ago, who just came to be a part of the community, he looks like every other little boy. And so that's kind of the interesting thing. But at the same time, it, it's kind of how, how you and I got connected. I, I had been working in Danville for three years with people who have known you the entire time and known about the foundation the entire time and known about my story. 
but it's hard to connect those dots or those ideas or to say that Wilson's minimal change disease is the same as Jeremy's kidney transplant, which is the same as somebody's FSGS. And to put those all under the nephrotic syndrome umbrella, there's not much information about it. Yeah. And, and so I think that's one of the really interesting parts about all of this is I, I have nephrotic syndrome. Wilson has nephrotic syndrome and connecting those things is important and challenging. Yeah. 100%. Um, Absolutely. Okay. And so I want to talk a little bit about um, just the process of the podcast. And I want to shout out Michelle, our editor, who has done such a fantastic job. And it has been such an interesting process just doing and and running a podcast and getting it all together has definitely been a learning experience and a a journey. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a process that we're still on. Yeah. I'm looking forward to season two because I think that we'll get in a better routine. I think we started to get there at the end of this season. And, you know, one of the things you don't see on the front lines is that it's really important to connect the stories to one another, I think. So it was important for us to plan out when our guests came and like you were talking about having Nikki and Ryan back to back was really important. And then connecting the themes throughout them and letting our listeners know this is what we're covering next. And this is what to expect. I feel like that is harder than it seems because you have to know what you're doing next and then coordinate all the schedules and the recording times and things like that. So that was a little bit challenging, but I hope we get into a better rhythm with that going forward. Yeah. And it was interesting because as we planned that, there was a point when we got into a really good groove of it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was recording, recording, editing, you know, putting the episode out and then doing it all over again, right, right back, back to back to back. And I did feel like that process got easier as we went through it. And so I'm also looking forward to season two and working with that and continuing to make that process better and better. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. I agree. And so let's talk a little bit about season two and what we're thinking about doing. We're going to start with John Rankin and John has an incredible and fascinating and really every story is unique, but his story and his treatment is pretty rare. And so so it's, it's really interesting to start our season that way, because one, he's an Olympic level athlete who was diagnosed as an adult and, and then got a really unique treatment. And so I'm excited to start next season with that episode. Yeah, I am too. It's been one we've been holding on to for a little while. It was one of our earlier episodes that we recorded, but I do think that timing is really important. And I think it's really important for us to share with our listeners a more traditional and, and familiar journey through our peer team and our stories, things like that. And then John's story, like you said, is so unique because he had stem cell treatment And that's not something that's available anymore, but it's obviously a really big part of the direction that his life has gone and how his disease has progressed and not progressed. And the timing and sharing that is something we always knew was really important. So Mm -hmm. I think kicking off our next season, that'll be a good episode to do it with. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, um, we haven't, you know, recommended anything and obviously we're not doctors, but we have covered a lot of different ways of how people have gotten treated through their different stories. And this is another way of that. 
Um, yeah, I kind of like to think about it as like an approach. We've covered a lot of different stories and highlighted a lot of different individual approaches. There's people who've taken approach that's more based in nutrition or puts more weight on that. And then there are people who took an approach that had to do with rituximab or people who felt the key was a really slow taper or everyone sort of has their feeling about their approach and what works for them. And so I think it's good timing for us to share this. I think it's definitely interesting. And I just love John. He's such an inspirational person. I've been really grateful to have made the connection with him and have his support and involvement and just advocacy because he's obviously very visible. He and Brian have their own podcast. We're mentors of ours as we got this started. Yeah, yeah. He's just been a presence. He and I and you and Brian all have plans to continue that partnership going forward and yeah. help support their apparel brand, Go Be More and everything that we're all trying to do to advocate for people who are kidney warriors, as he calls them. And I think the more people we can get involved in it, the better we're all going to be. Yeah. It's been really cool connecting with John in so yeah. many ways. We were diagnosed at times and we'll talk about it more yeah. in the episode, but it's been something I've been looking forward to putting that episode out for a long time. And I've had so many great conversations with John just about our stories together. I'm very excited about it. I really am. Yeah. And then just overall, I think the theme of our next season, I, I'm I love Jeremy that you and I both had the same idea (laughs) independently. It got me so excited this morning when we were talking about this, but the concept for next season is really going to be bringing in those people who are not patients themselves, but who travel the journey just as much as the patient caregivers, like a brother or a sister or a significant other or a mom or dad bringing those people in and getting to know their journey and their story. I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be a really interesting slice of this journey and and story. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it too. And we did a little bit of that with your story or yours and Wilson's story. And Ryan's, you know, as a doctor, not necessarily working with kidney patients in general, but we did a little bit of that. And when we did that, it was so interesting to hear that perspective as a patient and to hear more about that. And I can't wait. I am so excited to be covering that. And, you know, I think there is so much focus on the patient and and rightfully so. But I think one of the things, Andy, that you are so good at talking about and covering is also focusing on the siblings journeys as well. Yeah. It's so important to me because it's something that affects the whole family and I feel so strongly about how this has affected Lila, my daughter, not just my son, Wilson, who has nephrotic syndrome. And I was just thinking about how would I get Lila on the podcast? Is she too young? She's 12. (laughs) No, but you do probably need to start preparing your mom. Maybe my my mom's prepared. I think she's pretty excited about it. Um, I'm excited to have her on. I really am. And I'm also excited to have on Jason who is Natalie's fiance. That would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's super involved in our camp. Camp NSF is our athletic director. So I think it'll be really good because a lot of the families know him directly already. Mm. So to have him on as the partner of Natalie, I'm looking forward to that. I know 
this is making me think about Meg and, and all the conversations yeah, we, yeah. we have about it. And I'm sure you and Tucker have a lot of conversations yeah. about this as well. Um, but talking to Meg about it, because Meg and I have known each other, we're coming up on 10 years now. And it was weird to go back and think about that Meg was at my younger brother's middle school graduation, which was kind of crazy. So she's been through this journey for such a long time now that it's so interesting talking to her about her perspective yeah. and, and just this perspective of a significant other. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you guys have been married for how long? We're coming up on two years. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. We're coming up on two years. And but got, you've been together for a lot longer. Yeah. So we got together when we were 18. Yeah. Um, and then I started having some more health issues when I was 20. Um, right. So she was with you for your second transplant. Yep. And okay. she was with me for my second transplant and the three and a half years of dialysis mm -hmm. before that. And so she has such a fascinating story. Yeah, she, she really does. But, you know, with her and my mom and talking to them about it, I get such an interesting perspective. And it's, yeah. it's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to this next season. But at the same time, one of the crazier things is my brother's story as well. And so I don't know if Lila would be ready to be on the podcast, but I think definitely getting a sibling on yeah. the podcast at some point, I think it would be an important story to tell. We might need to do like the whole season, not this upcoming season, but we might need to do a whole season of Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just getting my whole family and getting everybody on. Well, um, <laughs> and I know people who are listening probably don't know this because we didn't release it, but we did do several recordings of Jeremy, your story. And we recorded it once we re-recorded yeah. it again. There's just so much packed in there and it, was hard for us to kind of figure out where that fit in and what we're doing at the podcast. And I know that that comes out little by little yeah. as we interview other people, but there's definitely a lot. You've got like two yeah. transplants, like diagnosis yeah. at 14 dialysis. You've got life as an adult after transplant, you've got Meg, your wife, you've got your brother who was young and displaced kind of while you were going yeah. through this and then yeah. your mom. So there's just, yeah. there's a lot packed in there. And then the other thing I think of when I think about your story is just all the work you've done around mental health, especially with last month being mental health awareness month. Maybe that's another season. We highlight the mental health aspect of all this. I really want to get more in depth in terms of the treatments that are out there. There's counseling, obviously, but there's so much more. There's tapping visualization, which Ryan talked about. Yeah. There's a lot out there. And I would love to just, let's do that. Let's put that on our list of things to do just a whole Perfect. season on mental health and ways in which you can sort of approaches to coping and treating. I think that would be so powerful. And it, it's interesting how that loops in with my story, because the first time we tried, you and I, we tried to tell the story, like the whole thing. And it was like a two and a half hour long, yeah. long podcast. And then Somehow we felt like we covered so much and it was like really in depth, but we also felt like we still didn't cover all of it somehow. Yeah. And then the second time we tried to just focus on the initial diagnosis through the first transplant when I was 16. And, you know, from a mental health standpoint, I was not ready to cover that. It was right when I had started EMDR and really drudging up a lot of the PTSD that came with it. And that was an episode that I just wasn't ready to record at the time. Yeah, And so the mental health aspect of it, I think you and I have talked about it outside of the podcast quite a bit of how challenging it is, but also how little it's covered or talked mm -hmm. about because 
and not through anybody's fault, but because there's so much physical health stuff to cover that even from a doctor's perspective, it's hard to really talk about, you know, hey, here's all of this physical health stuff that you need to be worrying about, but also all of this mental health stuff that needs to be covered as well. I, I think that would be a season that we would very easily get filled very quickly. I do um, too. Let's, and, let's... And, and it could be interesting to bring some of the people who we've had on previously back to talk about their mental health journeys. And I think about someone like Nikki, who is so in tune with that. I, I think they would have a great perspective on it. Yeah. Uh, so that, that would be a really cool season to focus on. Yeah. Um, yeah. More to come. <laughs> More to come for <laughs> sure. So Andy, as we are looking forward to the next season and having more people on and doing that, and I know we're going to focus on some of the stories around the patient, but not necessarily the patient. What are you most excited about as a mother of somebody with nephrotic syndrome to, to kind of talk about? Yeah, I, I think mostly I'm excited to hear from the siblings. Mm-hmm. I obviously am a mom. And so I manage this journey for both Wilson and then his sister, Lila. So getting a little insight into what that might be like for Lila means a lot. But I'm also excited to bring on the significant others. There's actually three aspects of this that I'm excited about. One is what I just talked about, which is the sibling piece. The second is the significant other, because we get a lot of requests and messages from significant others who aren't sure how to handle it. Someone dating somebody who has nephrotic syndrome. I just connected with a woman who reached out to us because her fiance has nephrotic syndrome. She wanted to get involved and give back to the cause. And so she reached out to us. I think it may even be her husband. So that's one element, what it's like to date somebody who has nephrotic syndrome or to be married to them would be really relevant. And then the last piece I think that is very valuable is how parents deal with it in different ways. And maybe that's a different season. We'll have to see how that plays out, but I think there's something there and I alluded to it in a post I did the other day for my anniversary with Tucker Mm -hmm. parents handle this journey in very different ways. I've had a lot of connections with other moms acknowledging how hard it is to go through this and to partner with somebody else, the necessity of dealing with it in different ways and different roles that you have when you're caring for a child who has nephrotic syndrome how hard that can be on a partnership. So like I said, maybe that's a different season, but at some point I do want to get into that too. I think it's really interesting. And I really want to get Meg, my wife and my mom onto yeah. this because my mom and I have just recently started talking about her partnership with my dad and how it was incredibly challenging, but they also felt unified at times, really, really unified. But, you know, it's really weird being the patient yeah. for, for a lot of reasons, but because I know how I feel and I cannot always vocalize that or communicate that. And with talking with Meg about it, there's this sense of just, what am I supposed to do right now? Like I, Jeremy, the patient, know what's going on, know how hard it is, know how challenging it is. And I know exactly what the difficulties are, but I really don't wish on anybody ever getting nephrotic syndrome. I really, really don't wish anybody having to be that caregiver because what you guys do, Andy, is 
like flying in the dark you know at least from what i've heard from meg is just how the heck are we supposed to get through this but the cool thing is with talking with meg and my mom about it it, similar to all of the stories that we've covered so far in this past season they've kind of figured it out and they haven't figured it out but they figured out how to make it work and i know you've done that same thing andy of, of you know being in situations where there's no wrong answer but there definitely also feels like there might not be a right answer as well and covering that and so i think that would be the great thing to cover for our next season yeah i love it okay so we've heard a lot of great pieces of advice from this past season are there any one or two or three as we close the season that you would want to echo That is a really good question. The one thing I would like to echo that I've grown into a little bit is to point yourself in the direction that you want to go, to take the approach of manifesting perfect health or manifesting what it is you want to see happen. I've not started our journey with that, but I feel more comfortable in that space now. And I really like that vision. I like the concept of that. And I believe in it. I believe in the power of visualization. I believe in the power of hope. And I believe in the power of, like I said, manifesting what you want to have happen, pointing yourself in the direction that you want to go, where you put your energy is where you'll end up. And so I don't know, somewhere between that and there's nothing to worry about until there's something to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of go uh, hand in hand, you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Sort of finding your comfort in a space of chaos is not an easy thing to do, but it's something all of these people we've interviewed share. And that's where to me, their strength comes through is to see their ability to operate in that space is what gives them so much strength and power and really their superpowers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a great, great couple of things to vocalize. And that's what I want. One of my biggest takeaways from this season is we talk so much about strength and how strong people are when they go through this. And something that took me a long time to learn, but it was so cool to see everybody who came onto the podcast to share their stories is that their communication about what they were going through is a strength. And that's a part of their strength and being able to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I need help with this. Mm -hmm. And can you help me or going and seeking out that information? And every single person on the podcast did that in a different way and in their own way. And that was the strength was communicating about it. And that was one of the things that I love so much. And that is something that I really want to advocate and encourage is just communicate about what you need and what's going on because people want to help and support you. And that's been a huge lesson for me to learn. Yeah. That's another good one. Really good advice. Andy, what a fun season. We did it. We did our first season. We Um, did. We did in in the books, (laughs) in the books, all done. Well, thank you, Andy. It has been an absolute pleasure. First season of the books, next season to come. I love it, Jeremy. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Andy. 
We hope you enjoyed that look back, inside, and ahead. We couldn't be more honored to have had you tune in, share this new journey with us, get to know the incredible individuals on our peer team, even me and Jeremy a bit as well. We will be back with you all the first week of August as we kick off season two, which we hope is equally or more inspiring and helpful. In the meantime, we would absolutely love any and all feedback, suggestions, or thoughts. So please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram at Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation and online at our website, www.nephroticsyndromefoundation.org. Be well and stay safe. And whenever possible, point yourselves in the direction of perfect health. And we will meet you there. See you all soon. Thank you.